Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast powered by ComEd. It's getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at comed.com slash clean. Thanks for being with us here. Short notice. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We were uh, planning our day on having a Blackhawks and Sabres pregame show tonight at 6, but the game has been postponed until tomorrow due to inclement weather in Buffalo. Who could expect it? Crazy. Um, mm. So, yeah, puck drops tomorrow at 6. We'll have a 530 pregame show and the Hawks sending out a little bit of information actually about the broadcast. It was supposed to be a TNT game, uh, but instead it will be moved to NBC Sports Chicago and Chris Vosters didn't make the trip uh, because it was a TNT game. They can't get him out there. So it will be Brendan Burke and Darren Pang on the call tonight or tomorrow night for Hawks and Sabres. So a little bit different sound, a little bit of a scramble for everybody, um, but safety wins out, which is probably, I would think the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean it's a it's it's a local uh travel ban within the area that the Sabres Arena is in, basically telling people do not go outside. It is a risk to your health. Uh so yeah, sp- uh, sporting events and all that uh that takes a back seat. Whatever. Unless it's a Bills playoff game. Yeah, get some salt cowards. <laughs> <laughs> uh we're also going to talk to uh Pete Blackburn in the second half of the show. And uh, we're going to start the show with, you're never going to guess, yep, more Blackhawks injury news. Nikita Zaitsev, who did not return in last night's win over the Sharks for the third period, is now on IR with a right leg injury. Uh, Louis Crevier has been recalled. We are still unclear on whether or not Connor Murphy uh, went with the team to Buffalo. I guess we'll learn that at the morning skate tomorrow. But uh, Zaitsev now out for the uh, foreseeable future, so... Another uh, next man up situation here for the Hawks. Yep, it's uh, par for the course. This is what this season has been the season of injuries. And you, you got to feel bad for Nikita Zaitsev because he, he's been, he'd been playing well and he'd finally got himself a regular spot uh, and, um, you know, regular playing time and all that. And now, the injury comes, so uh, just bad luck continues to strike uh, this Blackhawks locker room. That's funny. We were just just last night talking about you know Isaac Phillips and and, and his role and everything, uh, and then you know it, Murphy and Zaitsev, lo and behold, are are both not available tonight. Uh, Louis Crevier gets gets called up, probably just as an extra body, but. Yeah, I mean, it's if it's not one, if it's not one guy, it's another. You know, it's and I don't, I don't know. The the, the All Star break seems like it's it's coming at the right time for everyone to just take some time away, rest up, no travel, no nothing. Like everyone just 
rehab and, and be ready to go, uh, just take some time off. Yeah, it's I, – I, I don't know. I think Luke at this point just has to be like <laughs> – what am I going to do here? It started to feel like it was turning around, right? Like uh, you get Seth Jones back and then Felino, he's supposed to see doctors today. I don't know how that's going to go. Uh, we'll probably get an update on that tomorrow as well. That's what he told us when he was on, on uh, Monday. Um, and then Bedard's on the ice with the fishbowl on, but like, okay, it's a glimmer of hope. And then another guy goes down. And I know that sometimes we downplay Nikita Zaitsev and look like, Last year and the early part of this year, he barely felt like part of the team. But as these injuries came, he got his opportunity. And I, I look, I don't want to oversell his impact to the team, but he's made the most of his opportunity. He's had power play time, penalty kill time, playing at all strengths. And he's been basically what you want from a bottom pair guy is just do your job. Stay out of trouble. Don't create issues for the goaltender. Don't create issues for your teammates. And for the most part, he's not been perfect, but for the most part, Nikita Zaitsev has done everything he's been asked and probably a little bit more. Yeah, that's easy to agree with. He's been better than, I want to say advertised. I think as we've discussed many times, he's takes a, takes a hit because his performance doesn't match the contract, but you know, it wasn't a contract that, you know, the Blackhawks signed him to. It was a, it was one that benefited them to take on uh, to get more assets. But he's played well, and it's it's too bad. Uh, but now, you know, I would assume, um, you know, Isaac Phillips will get in the lineup tomorrow. Um, you know, it all also depends if Connor Murphy is available or not. I mean, yes, uh, yesterday Luke Richardson made it seem in the morning that he should be available for uh, Murphy should be available for what would have been tonight's game. Uh, and then after the game, all of a sudden it didn't sound so optimistic. We don't know if he traveled with the team or not. I'm guessing if he didn't, uh, he's not going to, they're not going to get him on a flight to get, try and get out there in bad weather now. So, uh, well, my, you know, so that gives Phillips in there and Crevier, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Friday. Now they got to play back to back the other way. Tonight was supposed to be back to back, but now they got to play tomorrow night, and then they got to travel home and play the Islanders uh, on Friday night at home. And uh, maybe Murphy is with the team then. Uh, but the good thing that just popped in my head now that they're going to be traveling back Thursday night, that means likely no morning skate on Friday, which means we don't have to get to the arena to like you know. 4.30, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right, let me ask you guys a, a hypothetical here, and, and we can uh, have a pretend fire drill before real fire drill. What if Louis Crevier plays over Isaac Phillips tomorrow? I mean. Uh, then that's your answer. Yeah. With that, that's your answer with where they value him. Some people may uh, get upset with that, but it is what it is. It, they, they would think that. I mean, that just tells me that the organization thinks Crevier is better than Phillips right now. And they may or may not be wrong about that or right. Like who knows? Like I, I will trust the two former NHL defensemen's judgment over my own, over people in the chat, over people on the Twitters. Um, I love, I like Isaac Phillips a lot. He's a great kid. I think he's still got potential to be, you know, a, a third pairing NHL defenseman. He's got the size. He can skate. He's got a little bit of offensive upside. 
it's starting to feel like the, just the Blackhawks just don't see him being a long-term fit here. And if you had, like, if the cupboard was bare and there were no defensive prospects in the system, it'd probably be a little different. Uh, but I think they, they feel pretty confident in the guys who are coming as quickly as next season. Um, so we'll see what happens. But on the other point, if they were kind of done with him, wouldn't you think they'd be playing him out there as, like, trade showcasing? Like, hey, we don't think there's a future here. We might try and move you. Go out and play and play good and get that trade value up, and we'll see what we can do for you. Yeah. So it's it's puzzling. Yeah, it, it is a strange uh, it's a strange situation, and there's been so much going on around the team that, like, the opportunity to ask the question is probably I'll, – I'll point the thumb at myself. Like, maybe we should have asked this a while ago when we've got Luke right in front of us, but you've got – Bedard hurt and Flino hurt and a new deal for Flino and Dickinson. And like, there's all this like big significant news happening with the team and you got Lucas Reichel struggling and you're trying to get these questions in with the time you have. And I think that again, I'll point to thought myself. I've done a poor job of saying, Hey, what's your plan with Isaac Phillips here? Because what did I say last night, he hasn't played since the seventh of Jan- or seventh or ninth, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. It's been, a, it's been a long time. Yeah. So and that was the and that was the seventh defenseman game where he played like four fifty six. So. Right. And Mario, were you with us? I I lost track of last night. Chill. Were you with us when we had the Phillips discussion on the post game show? Yeah. Okay. I want to make sure that uh, we got everybody's thoughts out. Everything kind of <laughs> it all runs together yeah. a little bit. Yeah, that, shoot, that that shootout was. A mental strain on all of us. Yeah, that was that was uh that was a drag. That was a drag for sure. But hey, like we said on the post game, a win's a win, and it's gotta feel good for those guys to like even though it was ugly, I think we can count on pretty much every game from here on out and every win being ugly. I don't think we're gonna have one of these uh they're not gonna beat the avalanche like five to nothing. That that's not happening this year or next year or following year. Maybe the year after that. Um, but at least not for the six, at least not for the next six to eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, the other little bit of news we should get to, and I wrote about this for my Blackhawks beat, which will be out tomorrow on allchgo.com. That is exclusive to diehards. And speaking of that, uh, Mario and Greg published their rebuild report as they do every week. Uh, that came out today for diehards at allchgo.com. I know Ethan Del Mastro is the uh, cover man on this week's edition. So check that out. And if you're not a diehard, become one. Allchgo.com. When you sign up, you get a free shirt or hat. Upon sign up, you get 20% off all of our events, including uh, United Center takeovers. Some news on that coming soon, very soon. So uh, you're going to want to jump in. It's uh, it's really a great value. It keeps us going. And uh, you get a lot out of it. It's not just our written content, but it's the merch. It's the merch discounts, the event discounts access to our discord we're going to start being a lot more active on a discord too our bear show has been doing some live video q a's on there and i think we're going to get a couple of those on the calendar here so now is as good a time as any to become a diehard at allchgo.com so do that anyway long story short i'm writing about peter morazic uh for tomorrow's and the thought of you've got an extension for felino you've got an extension for dickinson is peter morazic the next natural guy to sign and we talked about a little bit last night in the post game because Kevin Weeks threw up a tweet kind of right before the game saying there's mutual interest between the Hawks and uh, Mrazek on working out a deal since then I have texted one of my most reliable sources and said hey 
does it make sense that Mrazek is next in line? And that person responded, I don't think so. So I don't really know what to make of that. This is a source that is usually very right and very reliable. Um, it is a team source. Here's the deal. And as I processed that text return, I started thinking, okay, why would the Hawks not want to do this? And as we're going to go around the league with Pete Blackburn here uh, in about 15 minutes, the goalie market around the NHL is really heating up. You've got a lot of teams that are considered contenders with massive goaltending issues. Edmonton's won 11 in a row. That's great. I don't know if they trust their goalies. Toronto doesn't trust their goalies. Colorado isn't having the best year in goal. Like you can go on and on and on. And the longer this goes, and if Mrazic keeps putting about performances like he has, he's probably Kyle Davidson's biggest trade chip. So look, there's no rush in extending him. Why not play it out? Why not see what the deadline brings? And then if if you decide, all right, you know, third round pick, eh, let's sign him after the deadline. I think that might be what the Hawks are waiting to do. Yeah, I, I think that you know, the the goaltending market always seems to shift and change as trade deadline approaches and uh, injuries and hot streaks all all play into it. So you still got a month and a half before you got the, the trade deadline coming up here and, you know, see how Mrazic goes. He's a guy that you can, you, you know, have to consider his, his health status as, as the season goes on too. So just kind of seeing if he, if he keeps it up all the way till you know the beginning of March and and some teams get desperate, um, yeah, I mean you you have to be listening to any phone calls that are that are coming your way if you're Kyle Davidson and um, it, it, it makes a lot of sense to keep him around if 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 his health continues to be in good standing and this is the kind of Peter Mrazek we're going to see uh, over the next season or season and a half or whatever it is. Um, then it makes sense for him to to, to come back and, and be the, the go-to guy next season. Um, you have Arvid Soderbloom under contract for one more year already. Uh, so maybe you just run it back with these two again, and, and hopefully Soderbloom figures something out to where he's a little bit more serviceable, um, or as it keeps it up, and, 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 and it's good to go. If you, have a, if you have a team that their starter just completely – you know, is, is done for the rest of the year, you, then you have a desperate team. And then maybe you, you know, you circle back and say, okay, you know, make, make it worth your while. Uh, and he's available. The only thing I think about with trading Razik is then what, then you've, you know, then you finish the season with Soderblom who you almost can't put in net yet. And Jackson Stauber, like, I know it's, I, I know that the goal of the season isn't winning, but these guys need, some semblance of we're trying to win some games here, right? Yeah, I, I I agree with being patient. There's no reason to trade them right now, especially you know if if they're not going to extend them. Um, you know, I'm, I was just looking up at the pending UFA goalies, so the guy's most likely to get traded, and it ain't good. Uh, the only the guy that might be the top uh, free agent or to be on the trade chip, especially if they keep playing as bad as they've been. Maybe Marc-Andre Fleury gets dealt from Minnesota to a contender. Uh, he's far more proven and, and got a much better postseason track record than Peter Morazic. But, 
you know, I still think he's going to be here after this season, but maybe they just wait it out. It's smart because, you know, the, the closer you get to the deadline, the, the more uh, the more desperate teams are going to get. So, you know, what do you get in return? You know, what happens if he's traded? Well, maybe you, when you, if you trade him back to Toronto for, say, you take Ilya Samsonov back. So they could clear that space because he's only signed through this season. So then you have Samsonov and Soderblom, which isn't good. But again, Oof. it's a veteran that you could put out there. Sure, sure. here we nights. come. <laughs> right. So, but I still think, I still think Morazic is going to get an extension here. There's just been too much, too much chatter. Usually, where there's this much smoke, there's usually a fire. So, I'd be surprised if he's not. But you know. Maybe they're waiting to see. And maybe this is one of those trades with Morazic where they're like, you know what? We've got all this, this draft capital. we got all of these picks. Maybe this is a guy that you trade instead of for a first or a second round draft pick. You trade for one of those like on the fringe AHL prospects that are ready to be an NHL guy that you can put right into the lineup as soon as you get them. That very much appeals to me. Um, it really does. So let's let's. Uh, interesting, you mentioned Flurry there, Greg. So Flurry right now is at point two uh, two point nine seven goals against and an eight ninety seven save percentage with the Wild. Uh, Peter Mrazek has a three point oh four goals against and a point nine oh seven save percentage. So a better save percentage, which is typically the indicator of how the goalie's playing. Goals against is very usually kind of representative of the team in front of you. I also think that Flurry is going to cost more because of reputation, because of Q rating of the name and those sort of things. I don't know. I Here's the thing. Like, if someone offers a first for Peter Mrazek, I'm taking it. Like, I'm not thinking about it. I'm doing it. You'll figure out the goalie in the offseason. You figure out whatever you're going to do here at the NHL level. You sign somebody, you bring somebody in, you make another trade, whatever it might be. Fine. Um, I'm still a little bit, like, is Peter Mrazek going to get a first-round pick? Our team's going to get that desperate. And while I do think waiting is going to drive up his value, I also fear waiting is going to put more and more and more strain on that groin, and then maybe you don't have any value at all, which is fine, because then you could just re-sign him, bring him back next year, and and just do what you did for the last two, two more times. Cool. But that's this is why I'm glad I'm not a GM, because <laughs> Kyle Davidson's got all these things in his head, plus 50 more that we don't know about. It's like the meme of... Uh, Zach Galifianakis with the math problems like floating in front of his face. It's it's a very, it is a calculus, right? You have to kind of figure out like, okay, pros, cons, what could go wrong? What could be better if we wait? What if, you know, I don't know. There's just a, there's a lot to unpack there. And uh, I think however it works out, look at the Hawks get a first round pick for Peter Morazic. Great. If they bring him back, great. It, they're kind of in a no lose situation here, in my opinion, because he's been good. He's happy here, but as the season goes on and the demand for goalies goes on, uh, he's just going to have more and more value. So they're in a good spot here. They're in a really well, good you spot. Know, we also have to monitor what's going on in Columbus because, you know, word is Elvis yeah. Mers Lincolns wants out. And that's a guy that, like, a contending team would give up a lot because he's good and he's under control for a while and still pretty young. He's a guy that you can bring in and be, he could be your goalie for uh, multiple seasons. So uh, you'd have to see how that happens as well I, I i don't think a first is coming for peter Morazic. even if you even if you uh retain half his salary i just i don't see it but 
again, never underestimate the stupidity of an NHL GM. Well, I especially mean, one, especially one from a Canadian team. Yeah. Well, there's something to keep in mind too. Like, if a team is trading for Peter Mrazek, it's not going to be a top 15 first. It's going to be a bottom 10, bottom 15 pick because it's going to be a contender trading for him. So, yeah. with that in mind, though. <clears throat> The second round pick is a lower second round pick, right? It's not a top of the second round, unless teams got some draft capital that I haven't gone through all 32 teams and seen exactly where their picks line up. But if you're just going, generally speaking, a second round pick from Toronto is going to be somewhere in the fifties or, you know, in the fifties for a draft pick. So it's not as valuable as somewhere in the late thirties, early forties. So that that's again that's right. kind of the that's what how you have to look at this. It's going to be a late first if it's a first, and a late second if it's a second. And that's why, for me, I'm kind of setting it at a first or bust with the, with the expect with the expectation of they're not getting a first, right? Or it may not be a yeah, first. Yeah, I, I, I draft. Yeah, yeah, and I I can't imagine a, a team is if they if they don't land you know, a guy like Merz Lincoln's that's on the market or flurry that they're going to be like, all right, then let's, you know, unload this trade package to get Peter Morazic. Like they, they, they might just, you know, look at it and say, it's not, it's not worth it to bring in a guy who, you know, is, is maybe league average at best. Like you, you'd want to um, do something like that for a guy that's going to be a difference maker. That's, that's how a contender is going to, going to think. And, you know, on, on Morazic's side of things, you know, there. I know he doesn't have trade protection, but like, there could be a sense of like, you know, I, this is a guy that's bounced around from a lot of teams in the last couple of years. I think if if there's any chance that he could have a an opportunity to be like, all right, another few years in Chicago or whatever it is, like, I think that may end up being a little bit more, uh, you know, look look a little bit more of of a value to him than to bounce around again. So I mean, it, it it could be motivation to say to 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 get a deal done, and say like I want some stability in my life, rather than you know bounce around and and try and go from contender to contender or whatever like that. Well, look, it looks like I mean you hear from Felino and you hear from Dickinson, and both guys have kind of expressed like we want to be like Dickinson's upset his deal isn't not upset, but he he was hoping to get more years because he wants to be here because he believes in what's happening here and he believes that on the other side of those two years or whatever it is, when they finally like start, you know, the upward trajectory towards the playoffs, he wants to be here for that. So these guys, they believe in what's happening here. And to me, more than wins and losses, more than individual performances on the ice, more than those sort of things. When you have NHL veterans who have been contenders before, look at this team who struggled against San Jose who have lost uh, before that game several games in a row and if and are second to worst in the league and say, yeah, I want to be part of this, that to me gives me more faith in what's happening than anything else, than any of the day-to-day like minutia, performances, games, wins, losses, the fact that these guys want to be here. And look, the cynic will say, well, the Hawks are paying them probably a million dollars more than anybody else would, which is valid, fine. And, of course, when asked, they're not going to say, well, they gave me a million dollars more than anybody else. But it, I do each, I do truly get a sense that Dickinson and 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 Felino want to be here. It was important for them to be here and see this thing out or at least see it to the next step and, like, 
then hand it off. Like, okay, there you go, Frank Nazar. There you go, Oliver Moore. We can't teach you anymore. Take it on your own. You know, I, they want to be here, and that to me is yeah. a really positive sign about what's happening in the org. Yeah, well, I mean, Felino's a guy that's got, I'd say, you know, no disrespect, but less less hockey left in him than Jason Dickinson. Sure. So I can understand why Dickinson would be like, hey, if I'm going to be here and help this next group come through, I want to also be here when that group arrives. Because in theory, when that group arrives, it's going to be a lot of fun to be playing in Chicago. So I, I'd want to be sticking around for that. So if he keeps up what he's, what he's been doing um, this season and, and the way that he's played in his time here, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if another extension in two years' time uh, could could be in his uh, in in his future. And, and for Felino, I mean, it's it, it's it's a leadership role. Um, you know, he seems like he's a pretty prideful guy uh, in in that kind of uh, aspect. So, you know, if if he can finish his career and say, I laid the found, I was part of what laid the foundation for Bedard and Korchinski and, you know, name the guys down the list to eventually elevate the Blackhawks back to Stanley cup championships or whatever. Like that's, that that's a kind of a cool feather in his hat. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think uh, Jason Dickinson might have to fight off Reese Johnson for future captaincy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... yes. Fun times. Good times. Uh, all right. We got a super chat before we take our first break. It is from uh, Brandon who says, can shootouts be like innings in baseball? They kind of are. They kind of are. Yeah. You get the top or the bottom and then it ends when you either score or don't. It kind of works out like I, maybe I'm missing. Maybe it could be. Could, could it be a set number of shooters and no matter how the score goes at the end of the five shooters or whatever, whatever the score is dictates it. Then like, 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 let's say, you know, the first, uh, let's say it's five shooters, the first two score. And then the third ones don't score. Well, in, in that case, then the game would be over and in standard rules. But if you say, well, you got to go the extra five, then the team that scored twice, maybe gets stopped the next two times. And then the team that didn't score scores in the fourth and fifth round. So then it's two, two at the end of five. And then you go to sudden death. Like there could be a, a, a situation like that. And then if it yeah. ends, they I just mean, go to the blue lines to determine it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that is the most sophisticated way to, to, to decide anything. You know, I think the NHL should do everything they can to make it as complicated as possible. I think that's the, that's the best sure. way. They're name. doing a good job. They're doing a very good job. Yeah. They, we don't even know what offsides is anymore. So they've done a pretty good job on that. Exactly. All right, Brandon, thank if, you for the super if you're, chat, if though. You're gonna have, <laughs> if you're going to have shootouts, like at least make them a little bit more ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of ridiculous, this is a bad segue. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. Thunder sound effect. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. All right, here's what we're looking at. I told you last week, not only were the Packers going to cover seven and a half, but they were going to beat the damn crap ass Dallas Cowboys. And I was right. Nothing is quite that appealing to me this week on DraftKings, but the Chiefs are getting two and a half against the Bills. I know the game's in Buffalo, but last I checked, they're still the Chiefs. 
plus two and a half. And if you parlay that with the over of 45, you win uh, $35 on a $10 bet. You'd win $350 on a $100 bet. See how that works? And on and on and on and so on and so on. So lay that one down. I like that one. I like the Chiefs to win the game, but you can't parlay the spread and the money line. I learned that today as I was trying to do that. <laughs> so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that code CHGO. New customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. The crown is yours. All right, here we go. I can do this. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus specs expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 33 seconds. Is that a record? Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, I thought 34 was the record. 32 and a half is my I record. Think, okay. Yeah. You were you were that close oh, then. Boy. <sighs> they didn't type out half. the letter. Type out the words. Mm. S-E-V-E-N. We'll Very confusing. <laughs> uh, speaking of that Chiefs-Bills game, one of the weirdest stats, or at least it was weird to me, this will be Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game in his entire Good. career. That's crazy. That's, that's Blows my mind. Wow. He's played neutral site games because of Super Bowls, but he's never played as in, as a road game in the playoffs in his entire career. That's like Steven crazy. in a public bathroom. No road games for Steven. <laughs> <laughs> he's not the only one. Killed only, guys. That's it. <laughs> he's the Patrick's Mah- Patrick Mahomes of pooping. All right. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know what's more what's more fun than winning money while watching sports is watching sports in person yes and you, and you could take that money you win over at DraftKings and switch it on over to game time to get tickets to all your favorite sporting events concerts comedy and theater events near you you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event game time is fast and it's easy for all the events you want to go to with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They also have this cool thing is if you're going, like say you're going on a road game for the first time and you've never been to this arena or stadium or theater and you want to know where the, what you can see from the seats, well, they have the view from the seat option no matter what your seat is no matter what venue you're going to be able to get a look at exactly what your view is going to be before you buy your ticket plus they offer you the low price guarantee say you buy a ticket to friday night's blackhawks game against the islanders just throwing that out there and then you find it on another ticket site for cheaper let them know and they will match that price for you and refund you the difference they're obsessed with finding you ways to save money on tickets so take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time got download the game time app create an account and use the code chgo for 20 dollars off your very first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem the code chgo for 20 dollars off got download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right let's go out to the uh guest line i don't know what you call it guest screen 
and bringing our buddy uh, Pete Blackburn. We're bummed to not see you, man. You're you're in town, and uh, the Buffalo Sabers and their weather system come screw everything up. So we got to do everything virtually. But thanks for being with us. Thanks for uh, adjusting on the fly. We appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I saw some of the guys yesterday. So and I've been in the CHO office probably more than they want me to be there for uh, for this week. So <laughs> yeah, they don't it's like hockey guys there. <laughs> yeah. We're learning that the hard way. But make sure you're following Pete on Twitter at Pete Blackburn and uh, What Chaos Show on Twitter. And go to YouTube and follow the What Chaos Show. It's great. They do a ton of great uh, features outside the show, and they've got long-form interviews on there. Uh, really enjoyed yesterday's conversation with Sean Dersey. Uh, really good stuff. Uh, and I, I say it every time we have you on, Pete. You guys have this knack for getting the least open athletes of any sport to open up and play along with you guys. And I think Sean Dersey did it better than pretty much anyone you've had so far. Yeah. I particularly like enjoyed the the journey of the Sean Dersey interview because the first question he totally didn't understand what was happening and was, was not playing the game. He was trying to give like a professional serious answer to an intentionally dumb question that made no sense whatsoever. And it was painful for like 10 seconds trying to watch him labor through it and do mental gymnastics. But by the end of it, like he played the game more than any other guest that we've had. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, you were in you were in the building last night. You got to witness that amazingly memorable shootout. Uh, all nine rounds of glory. Um, man, I, I mean, did you, would you like to relive your, your – uh, your favorite moment of the first round of the Celebrini Cup last night? Uh, it had to be Jason Dickinson's shootout goal, uh, or not goal, very close to being a goal, but off the post, off the back of the goaltender, looks like it has a ton of steam heading into the back of the net and then somehow just stops on the goal line. It's incredible moment. If that's not an encapsulation of what that game was, I don't know <laughs> what is, because it was an experience. It was not necessarily the, the best or most entertaining game that I've ever seen in my life, but it was an experience. And there was like, it's not like nothing happened. It was just uh, not the uh, not the pinnacle of NHL hockey. I'll say that. Yeah, we wanted fun bad, not uh, bad bad. This is what we got. <laughs> also, the, the building, the building was. I've, so I've been to a handful of Blackhawks games this year. And the building was dead last night. And it may have had something to do with the teams playing. May have had something to do with the weather outside. Uh, the biggest pop of the night, I believe, was them announcing that it had hit three degrees for like the first time in 36 hours, and the crowd went nuts. Yeah, surprisingly uh, dead UC crowd last night. But I, there was one instance uh, right before, uh, uh, right at the end of the third period, I think the Blackhawks had like uh, – an offensive zone draw and they played jump around and like not a person moved out of their seat. And I was like, you guys know what this song is supposed to do, right? <laughs> like, it was, it's, that's also like yeah, the it was, kind it was, of read was, the room kind of moment from the, 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 uh, the music staff at yeah. UC. It's like, I, I appreciate the effort, but maybe not the time. Yeah. Place. Although they did crush it with uh, Mario. I think you put out the, uh, the video of the Tony Hawk at intermission. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah. Incredible move. Yeah, that, that 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 caught my eye. I think they were doing a whole rotation of N sixty four games uh, during the intermission, which uh, which was pretty fun. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean that that the game last night was kind of like that's that is what you expect when it's number thirty one taking on number thirty two. Like it's it it can't end beautifully and 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 quickly. And the highlights are not going to be you know NHL worthy. It's it, it was the Macklin Celebrini Bowl for sure. 
Yeah, and like I mean, another layer of depression there. Like obviously, it would have been kind of different. I'm sure the crowd would have been a little bit better if Bedard was playing, but no Bedard in the Celebrini Bowl is in in like zero degree weather. Good luck trying to draw. Yeah, it's it's funny they've actually the the crowds have been okay since he's went down, kind of surprisingly. But I think it was just a perfect storm of bad opponent, too cold, and I'm noticing now. Maybe it's just that I'm older, but like consecutive freezing days just wear my ass out. Like yesterday, I could have slept all day. Um, but Pete, we started the show, and I know we're going to go around the league, and we will. Um, but we started the show talking about Peter Morazic, and you saw what may have been his best performance of the year last night. And we're trying to kind of gauge, okay, what should the Hawks do with him? You know, they just resigned Felino, they just resigned Dickinson. Their top goalie prospects are at least probably two years away. Does it make sense to bring him back, or do you take a look around the league and look at all the goaltending issues teams are having and say, hey? Maybe this is someone we could flip. From an outsider's perspective, where do you think Peter Morazic falls into the potentially available goalies for contenders conversation? Well, I mean, he's winning games for a team that probably shouldn't be trying to win games right now. And I've seen, I saw, saw Peter Morazic shutout last time that I was in Chicago. So uh, I saw five straight periods of Chicago Blackhawks hockey in which they did not allow a goal, which I tweeted last night. I was like, this is a miracle of <laughs> outstanding proportions. So, um, yeah, like the, the goaltending situation around the league right now is extremely interesting and intriguing to me because it does feel like we're just waiting for the first shoe to drop or the first domino to be pushed over because there are a number of guys who could be moved to a bunch of teams that absolutely need help in net. And you're talking about teams like, the Colorado Avalanche, who are running out Georgiev every single night, like a a, a Peter Mrazek and, and an Avalanche. All star, all star, Georgiev, please. I, I'm sorry, you're right. <laughs> you're you guys are right. He's definitely an all star. Um, and then you've got like obviously the Leafs. You've got the New Jersey Devils. You're probably looking at a team like the Edmonton Oilers, who. Stuart Skinner has been playing well recently, but they'll probably need um, at least a little bit of insurance. So, you know, the goaltending market is is there, and I think Peter Morazic would be a really interesting guy to move, and it would make sense for the Blackhawks to to move him as a team that probably isn't going to be wanting to win games right now. Yeah, I wouldn't rule out the LA Kings out of the goalie uh, conversation here because I think they've kind of – Cam Talbot is kind of – puttering right now as that team is going in the wrong direction but um speaking of the oilers and the maple leafs we uh because we were watching the celebrini cup last night we got to miss that oilers maple leafs pretty much exactly what you would expect out of those two teams i remember looking down at the score in the press box going oh maple leafs are up two nothing they're totally losing this game <laughs> and sure enough they did so uh man what, what were your thoughts on that uh, really, yeah. really entertaining night? <laughs> I mean, I was in the building with you guys, so I didn't get to watch it, but it did. It screams uh, one of those games where you can look at the box score and know exactly what happened because, like you mentioned, it, it kind of fits the bill for both of those teams right now. Um, we talked about it this morning on What Chaos. It's just like the, the fact that this keeps happening, happening to the Leafs in like basically every game that they've been – playing recently is extremely concerning but also extremely unsurprising it's just this team is always this fits the same bill to me it's you know a team that has a ton of talent a team that the talent plays well for for good runs but also like a, a team that can't 
fully put together consistent efforts, whether it's from game to game or whether it's period to period. This is not a team that has the killer instinct that puts them over the top to t- be taken seriously. They have some issues on the back end that like all of these things always exist for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the biggest problem for all of that is you look at the quotes and some of the things that get picked apart after the fact. And it's like, uh, we're, we're not that worried about it. We're, we're not that frustrated. We feel like we're playing pretty good hockey. That's not what anybody wants to hear in Toronto after you blow another <laughs> multi-goal lead. Like a guy like Mitch Marner, who has been there, who is a, a nice Ontario boy, knows exactly how this works, how the Toronto Maple Leafs media machine works. How do you continue to get in front of a camera and be like, we're playing some pretty good hockey. I think we're going to be fine. Nobody wants to hear that right now. <laughs> it's 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 just been probably beaten into them just to be like no everything's fine it's it's fine we're good we're we're really good hockey players it's fine <laughs> like, right it'll all work out eventually will it though does it ever no probably not no it, it, oh, it, hey, it hey they doesn't. got to the second round last year <laughs> well it, it, i mean it doesn't look i'm i've been these guys have been giving it to me all year because i i actually thought that the moves they made this offseason to bring in some Dudes with a little bit of uh, fire and passion, as we call it in Chicago, and Domi and Bertuzzi, and to a lesser extent Ryan Reeves might actually like help in that regard, bring some swagger along. And it's been the same story. Like, what can this team do to? Like, how can Toronto fix this? I mean, they've been asking the question since what, nineteen sixty? What's the last couple? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Like, but it's the same story every year. Is it just the? Is it the laundry? Is it? Is it Literally, you pull the Toronto jersey on and you become an idiot. I don't, I don't understand how it works. I mean, like, I, I do think it sounds ridiculous, but I do think there's something to like. Sometimes it's just in the DNA, man. Sometimes there's there's something in in the stitching of those sweaters. Like, I know the Dallas Cowboys are a team that has won Super Bowls and and had like an incredible run, but like, you look at what happened to them this weekend. It's kind of inexplicable where it's like, how do they just forget how to play football? And like everything was going right. This was the most talented roster that the Cowboys had seen in quite a long time. But like you turn on the lights and that team just shrivels and, and goes away. And the, the Leafs are obviously, you know, I would say like the, the, the Cowboys are like the, the Maple Leafs of the NFL at this point. And, you know, I don't know what the solution is. Obviously, like they can help themselves by getting more saves, by playing a little bit more structured defensively, and and not, you know, powering when you when you get a, a multi-goal lead. And so, like, it, it, obviously, like the biggest thing is you, you need the saves. And you look at a team like even like the the, the Kraken, the uh, the Winnipeg Jets, the the Edmonton Oilers, like those teams. Those are the top three teams in goaltending over the last month or so. Like the Kraken went on a, a nine-game win streak. The Oilers have won 11 straight. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets are like, I think they're still the best team in the league right now in the standings. Like, if you are getting saves, you are going to win no matter what is happening basically in front of you. I think that's the number one rule of the NHL. And so, like, the Leafs could do themselves a, a big favor by finding an answer in that. And I, I, it's a hard thing to do right now. Yeah, the irony of the uh, Maple Leafs giving the Blackhawks a first-round pick to uh, bring back Peter Morazic after they gave the Blackhawks a first-round pick to get rid of Peter Morazic would just be <laughs> – it would be delicious. That would be incredible. It would truly be incredible. Well, the Hawks have uh, – they got Buffalo tomorrow, and then it is uh, the Kraken and then the Canucks. And I want to sort of get your take on 
the team that just gave up the chaos chain, unfortunately, the Seattle Kraken, who you mentioned nine in a row, then they've lost their last two. This is a team that I think a lot of hockey fans kind of struggle to figure out. Like, they don't have any real star power, like, all respect to Oliver Bjorkstrand, all-star, reluctant all-star Oliver Bjorkstrand. Um, but they're deep, and they've got four good lines and three good pairs and decent goaltending. What do you make of the Kraken? Is this a, a, a team that can contend, or are they just kind of mid? Are they like the Predators in the, you know, the just kind of middle league, just kind of float where they are? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're like kind of mid, but also like mid with a ceiling of, wow, they're outperforming their kind of talent level because, like you mentioned, they can – They've proven that they're a team that can roll four lines and they can play a, a strong 200-foot game. But, you know, again, and I, I hate to go back to it all the time, but, like, the difference between the Seattle Kraken when you are getting saves and getting decent goaltending versus a team, that team has been on both sides of the spectrum where, like, do I expect Joey Decord to be, like, the best goaltender in the world for an extended period of time? No, but if he can be a good goaltender and if they can get the saves... I think that's a team that like could be on the line of being a playoff team, but we've also seen the Kraken be a team that has like a Philip Grubauer in net who like didn't work out, and it, and it, you know they were struggling to find any answers in net, and they were horrible. So like it, that one factor can make a strong difference. But like as far as the like the you know kind of like the the that team structure, I like it. I just think that they need better players in terms of star power and guys that can kind of take over games, but they are a team that, that doesn't relent in terms of like their four checking and their 200 foot game. And just like, they, they come to play every, every night. It's just, you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit away in terms of roster building. Yeah. I, I, I when I think about them um, I, at their, at their best, I feel like they could be, you know, a, you know, you look at some teams that have had success without a lot of the the marquee names, but just kind of like team success. Like I think about the Blues in 2019. Like they, had, you know, they yeah, had Ryan O'Reilly. Appreciate it. To, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it happens. Yeah. But um, you know, the, they they had some good players, but no no one that was like elite level put you over the top. Like arguably one of the best of their position. I would disagree. Uh, but, I think Ryan O'Reilly on that team was like once he started playing he was dominant during that playoff run and like yeah you have a ryan o'reilly who can really kind of choke out the other team's best players and best lines and neutralize them that's it's one of the biggest things that you need as a playoff team i think ryan o'reilly was like an elite center during that run yeah i mean yeah in that in that run sure i i i, I wouldn't uh disagree with that but like I, I just think like the, the superstar level of things. Um, sometimes if you have just like that, that depth across the board, like it can, it can get, take you where you need to go. And, and I mean, I don't think Seattle, like he's, I don't think Seattle's actually at that point, but they're, they're made up to where it's just like, there probably isn't a lot of like high ceiling players, but there probably isn't a lot of places where you're like, Oh, they're bottom of the barrel at, at this. So I don't know. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see what they, uh, what they end up doing this season. I like those style of teams though, too, where it's like, okay, you're not blowing anybody away on paper, but you're buying into the system and you're buying into just being as 
competitive and as tense as you can possibly be and you're just grinding out wins and like that's one of my favorite teams to watch and like honestly like the winnipeg jets do have a lot of talent but they they seem to be one of those teams too and and i've really liked kind of the turnaround as far as the jets identity from previous years into what they are this year which is a like a very responsible defensive team because they were never that. They were always the team that was leaving Connor Hellebuck out to dry. And he was always having to to kind of make up for what they lacked in terms of what what they had in front of him. And yeah. now, like, they're playing responsible defensive hockey for Rick Bonus. And Connor Hellebuck is like, all right, cool. Now I'll show you exactly how good I can be, which is the best goaltender in the world. What's well, good, I mean, f- from the Jets' perspective, you're right. And it, it took them forever to do that. Now that they bought in... And they've seen the results. They're like, oh, okay, this is what it is. I, I get it here. And, and going back to the Kraken real quick, too, like what you described is the way that team is is made and the way that team plays, aside from what Vegas did and became awesome right away, for an expansion team in a new market to play that style night after night after night, that is how you get a fan base to fall in love with you and to buy in and to love going to games. And I think a little bit of that, you know, David and Goliath feel that the, that the Kraken have a little bit of, we don't have a superstar, but we're going to grind your ass for 60 minutes and walk, you typically walk away with two points. That That's huge for the growth of the of that team in that market. And I think that uh, that shouldn't be overlooked because, you know, I, I think people think of Seattle's West Coast. When you look at their teams, like the Seahawks in their heyday were defensive and strong. And like, that was, that was the identity of that team and therefore the city. And I, I could really see this identity of the Kraken really growing on the people of Seattle who, look, they haven't had any problem buying in, but I think it's the perfect kind of way to introduce a city to a town or a team to a town. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, like, on the on the flip side, like, you look at a team, like, I, I believe the Blackhawks playing tomorrow, the, the, uh, the Buffalo Sabres, like, that's a team where the fans are pissed because there is the talent there. And it's just like the 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 opposite situation exists where like it doesn't seem like they're well coached. It doesn't seem like they have the structure that you need. It doesn't seem like that effort and sort of that that grinded out mentality and that intensity is there on every given night. And that's how you that's how you lose fans. Like that's how you lose fans being like, I've had enough of these guys. You gotta get it together. Well, I've been looking at the Sabres as like kind of a cautionary tale as you know, the three of us, we cover the Hawks five days a week and we're all on board with how the rebuild has gone, right? Like, okay, he's sticking to it. Kyle Davidson's sticking to it. He is not straying. He's not getting excited and going to sign big free agents to stray from the plan because he got Bedard. But the Sabres are kind of say like, just because your prospects hit and just because you get these these draft lottery wins, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Um and I, I think, like, we have to kind of caution Hawks fans and, and ourselves, quite frankly, that just because the rebuild going well doesn't guarantee it's going to end up in anything hardware-wise, right? You've got to actually do it before any yeah. of that happens. Yeah, and I also look at a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets where uh, <laughs> you can't really have a lot of confidence with the Blue Jackets right now. I mean, the roster's not great. Like, they have some some bright spots on the roster and they, there is some, some talent that you can look forward to, but I mean, the, the coaching isn't there. The coaching is, it would just drive me crazy if I was a blue jackets fan. So uh, honestly, like 
I know things are bad right now in Chicago, but at least you're not Columbus. No, that's always that's always true. <laughs> Gonna put a bad. We're not Ohio. Yeah. Um, the advantage the Hawks say- have, though. Oh, sorry, Greg. Just real quick, the advantage the Hawks have though is it's a free agent destination, where Buffalo mm-hmm. and Columbus are not. You know. Yeah. So they I can mean, fill holes yeah. with free agents. It's not like a premier destination, no. But I got that. I do think, like, we talked to some guys with the with the Blue Jackets, and you know, it, it we did kind of come away with an interesting takeaway. Like, some of those guys just like don't want the the quote unquote premier destination, and like, it's not necessarily a bad thing all the time. It's just, you know, you don't want to you don't want to be recognized at the grocery store or whatever. That's a normal thing for for a guy. It doesn't mean that you're you're not you know giving your all in between the whistles or whatever, and like. It doesn't mean you're not a true competitor or whatever. If you don't want to play for a big market team, some guys just want the smaller markets. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, John, Johnny Gaudreau, obviously. Uh, but we just talked about Ryan O'Reilly. You know, he could have gone a lot of places, stayed in Toronto, but he decided to go to Nashville because you know it's a lot less pressure uh, being in Nashville. But Columbus, it just seems that every week we, we have to talk about them because we uh, there's always something. You know, now Elvis Merz Lincoln's reportedly wants out, and now. You mentioned the coaching. Adam Fantilli will be Back moved to the, to the wing, uh, you know, because you have to make room for Boone Jenner. You couldn't I possibly understand. like it. That it like that's got to be a complete burn down from top to bottom this summer, right? No disrespect to Boone Jenner, but I've never been more sick of anybody who I don't have like any strong feelings towards. I just I don't understand the love affair with Boone Jenner in in Columbus, and like I'm sure there's a reason for it. I don't, I don't know him from a hole in the wall to take a, to take the words out of John Tortorella's mouth, but like <laughs> the fact that he's being sent to the all-star game, the fact that you're moving Adam Fantilli, who is the future of your franchise and like to accommodate Boone Jenner drives me insane. Kirill Merchenko should be the representative for the blue jackets going to the all-star game, not Boone Jenner. And it drives me insane that for some reason, like, I don't know if Boone Jenner has like blackmail material on every single person person in the blue jackets organization or if they just love him that much but it's driving me crazy oh that's fair and we want to get one more thing from you before we let you go and you've been really generous with your time pete thank you um the all-star jerseys and uh since i've seen these i have uh, come to the realization that i probably should not chime in because when they sat around the marketing table, they didn't say, what does a fat 46-year-old hockey fan want to see in an all-star jersey? So I, the, I, I understand these are not for me, um, but these, are, uh, these aren't great. These are from uh, flateamshop.com, which from what I can gather is like a Panthers uh, you know, owned uh, shop. And here are the Bobrovsky and Reinhardt jerseys with the name font plate underneath the number in is that times new roman lowercase it looks <laughs> i'm sorry explain this to me as a young person please help me understand this pete i'm not that young but um i <laughs> so my take on these is that they're awful and i love them like they're they're awful <laughs> and i love them and uh yeah like they're ridiculous but i mean i have a i have a show called what chaos these are the most chaotic all-star jerseys that you could ever put together it feels like they're ridiculous i think the thing that i like most about them is that they're being worn in an all-star game in toronto so you know that like the the sort of like the the fanfare around the all-star game in toronto is going to be based out of in in like um 
you know, in tradition, in the history of Toronto. Like, there's going to be, like, all these these things where they honor, like, the old Maple Leafs teams and stuff like that. And then you're going to have these things rolled out, and it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> and so, like, the All-Star game is not meant to be taken seriously in my mind. So let's get as crazy as we possibly can. I can't wait to wear one of these jerseys. I'm going to buy one for sure. I, the, I Go ahead, Mario. I was just going to say the the fact that, you know, you, you absolutely had to get Justin Bieber involved with it because it's Toronto. It's just like, oh, what do you expect? But, it, you know, I... It's it's just not for me, but it is for a demographic that the NHL cannot uh, figure out how to attract, and that is the the young audience, the the influential audience. Um, you know the you, you you have the older generation of hockey fans hooked. It's getting it's getting the new generation hooked on it because it's it's now it's a different game like you know it's 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 different than you know having fans that loved hockey in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s stuff that where you know the 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 hits and the fights and the physicality and the personality was a lot different than than it is now that how how the game is marketed so you know the the game is is shifting towards let's market these super high skilled guys um, you know, try and try and bring their personalities out and and connect it with what is trending of the of the time period. So I, I, I appreciate the NHL's effort to tap into that demographic and basically say, yeah, last year we did the, you know, the, the kind of classic looking stuff now. So so you got your bone. Now we're going to go to the to, to the young kids and try and and uh, make some make some waves there. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think that's the right take. They're they're not for you guys. They're not necessarily for me either. And it's it's not a bad thing. Like, you, you don't have to like it. And again, I don't think that anybody's gonna like lose sleep over a bad All Star Game jersey. But it does have the the option of appealing to a younger audience that may not otherwise be interested in this game. And it has wearability outside of um, outside of the All Star Game. Like, it, this might be a cool thing to wear for people who not don't necessarily care about hockey and i think that's that's big and it certainly beats having a boring all-star game jersey that nobody cares about whether you like hockey or not like that's the worst possible scenario here and so i I appreciate the swing well we're talking about it and that's what they want you know and and the first thing i did when i saw these was i went to uh sean depaz's uh mr pdhl himself like what does sean think of these because i think that's who they're looking at yeah. People like Sean, the what cast producer. Sean and he DePaz. loves him. Yeah, he loves he, him. I think his single tweet was fire. I'm like, okay, all right, it works. <laughs> yeah. They got who they wanted. <laughs> our uh, our text chain when when these were released was hilarious because like right as they were released, we were like, oh my god, these are insane. Not necessarily a complimentary or derogatory way, just. <laughs> We just lost Pete mid thought. I think Pete's head exploded when he started talking about the uh, <laughs> the, the jerseys. Oh, uh, we are running late anyway, so we'll just let Pete go oh, on yeah. that note, which is kind of perfect that he froze like this. It's just an absolute. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> his computer exploded. I I actually like the jerseys. I, I've come around them. The only one I don't like is the yellow one because the logo is yellow and the designs on the sleeve the yellow is yellow. On the yellow yeah. you, you lose some of that. I would have gone with like a green or a black to kind of you know make the yellow pop a little more but i like them because listen hockey fans hate everything 
anything new, anything different. Hockey fans can't wait to shit on it. So they knew no matter what they did was going to be hated. So go ridiculous. And that's what they did. And I applaud them for that. I'm sure they're going to look, look good on, on the players, on the ice, you know, all as, as a, as a put together um, kit. I love the blue ones. If, man, if I can get a Bedard in the blue one, I might just do that. Hey, you know what? I gotta forget. Well, if the if the Panthers are, oh well, I guess how would they? Because div- it's still it's divvied out by division, right, yeah, or by draft? It's a, it's by a draft. draft, yeah. So I think that's probably just a teaser of what it's going to look like as a person. Right, yeah. Those are the ones they're going to wear. Yeah, because the Panthers right. are the. I actually looked at several teams as like shops, and I, I, they, they're the only team that had like player name on the jersey that I could find. I was really looking hmm. hard for a Bedard one to see if they're even making them. Because I, I know I heard Pete mention last week that he tried to get uh maybe it wasn't Pete maybe it was whoever it was somebody on Wattcast was saying they want to get a Tage Thompson All Star jersey last year but because he didn't play they wouldn't make it they didn't make it so um, yeah. we'll see it's going to be interesting but look like we said we're talking about it which is good even though they're not for me I'm glad they're taking a swing and I'm glad they're doing something somewhat different and risky and something that some people are going to hate and some people are going to love good. Good. Yeah, it's they're good they're not the best well, ones. They're not the best, but they are far from the worst ones we've ever seen. Yeah. Well, look if you if you if you tie yourself to something that's that's hip and trendy with the youths, uh, you can expect to have like a lot of brand recognition. Like so, so getting something that is like got the Justin Bieber like brand on it. I mean, the the, the Leafs did that with. Um, I don't even know. I don't even remember what the what the brand's called, but they they had those jerseys where it was like reversible, and on one side it was like the the black and the black and blue leaf jersey, and then the, you flip it over and it's the black and yellow one. I think it was, and it was like the Leafs logo, but with like Justin Bieber's like brand logo on it. Like that's a th- that's like a status symbol thing. I always think of like the brand Supreme. What is it? I don't know. It's just slapped on everything that every kid wanted or or uh owned or all these sweaters or hoodies i have no idea what it is at least i know what prime is it's in a, it's a it's a drink you know but supreme was just like a, a it was a bumper sticker it, yeah. but it was just everywhere and people were like i, I want that that 400 supreme hoodie i don't know what it is but i want it like if the nhl can tap into that even just a little bit like that's from a marketing standpoint that's that's a good strategy yep everything it, it worked exactly how they wanted it to that's true. Yeah. All right. We are running late, so let's wrap up the show. But first, we got to tell you that it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. Sure is. The electric grid is evolving to meet all of our cleaner energy needs as we move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or an entire fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can guide you to make the changes that make the most sense. So what should business owners do, Mario? If you own a business, you should go to comed.com slash clean mm. to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business. Good for the planet. Good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash filthy, covered in soot and dirty snow and salt and everything? Is that what you said? Comed.com slash that? 
Uh, well, I'm glad that you went with soot and snow. I thought you were going somewhere else. But yes, it is comed.com slash clean, squeaky clean. Ah, that makes more sense. Go there now and see how uh, going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Sorry, Mario, mm-hmm. I stole your bit. All right, we That's are fine. back tomorrow <laughs> with the 5.30 pregame Wait, show. Wait, no, we're, we're not, we're not, we're not, done, we're not done, done yet. Damn it! <laughs> Jesus, Jay. Got somewhere to be? I'm you, just is your electric thrown vehicle? off. The whole day I'm thrown is off. Is your electric I had a whole vehicle double parked outside? <laughs> All right, well, we got the perfect segue for, from electric vehicles to non-electric vehicles. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? Because if you are... We have some great news for you. Our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake is starting their Ray resolution with start something new sales event. And you know what that means? Well, not. I'm going to tell you, you'll be able to shop incredible savings on every new vehicle in stock because they want to clear the lot to make room for the brand new 2024 vehicles for a limited time. Get up to $9,000 off new Jeep models with dealer discount. And that's not all. Shop their last call and remaining 2023 Dodge Challenger and Charger models, including Hellcats, Scat Packs, that's a little scary, and more. Dodge will be the most powerful muscle car. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand. You don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from. Get the muscles. Mm. At Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd expect thanks to Ray's price promise. Don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. Fans can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book it line at raycdjr.com slash service. But you have to schedule before January 31st. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Cram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them on Route 12 in Fox Lake, or at raycdjr.com, serving the community since 1963. Okay, now we can go. All right, but wait. Wait. Missed opportunity here, and I know you text with Ray all the time, Greg. Why not yeah, call it a resolution? Instead probably of the Ray because when they probably, probably because when that was brought up in the marketing meeting, there was a collective groan. Fair. That's, that's or maybe fair. maybe Ray LaMontagne has that copyright and they couldn't use it. That oh, could be maybe. too. He could. Yeah. That's, his new, that's the name of his new album, I think. Resolution. Ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, we are back to Wait, 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 Come wait, on, wait. now what? <laughs> so I just wanted to get to this because I find it's going to, I think it's going to be fascinating television tonight. Oh. Michael points out. So the game was supposed to be on TNT, Sabres and, uh, and, and Blackhawks tonight. Now it's been moved. It's no longer going to be on TNT. But... What are they going to do with the TNT crew that's in Buffalo? What, or not in Buffalo, but what are they going to do for that time? Well, apparently, uh, Liam McHugh, Paul Bissonnette, uh, Hank, uh, Henrik Lundqvist, and Anson Carter are going to do the entire broadcast. Pre-game, intermissions, play, play-by-play, and post-game for uh, whatever the TNT game is tonight. I forget which, which game it was. Uh, Red Wings and Panthers. So the entire studio crew is going to do the entire broadcast. Oof. Three hours of Paul Bizonette. No thanks. <laughs> mm. That is going to be fascinating. No Patrick Kane, by the way. 
He is injured. No. Oh, yes. oh well, that sucks for him. Um, I just I just find like that's that is going to be so interesting because one you were not prepped to do that, and now it's it's it, I feel like it's it, I feel like it could either be awful crap like like Greg says, um, or it's just going to be a really interesting like sit and hang with these guys talking about the game and yeah I mean, I, I, are you going to get it beautiful play by play probably not but like it could be like a really interesting experience for the broadcast yeah, i'm interested it could be fun. I, i'll just say that like tnt they do things pretty well i think they're they going to find drama. a way to make this work and um make it pretty entertaining because say yeah. what you want about all the members of the crew i like most of them, uh, they all know how to broadcast and they all know how to be entertaining. So it should be fun. I'll yep. check in on it for a little while. I can't wait for Paul Bizanet to keep saying we and us when talking about the Toronto Maple Leaf <laughs> Leafs, like he's a former member of that team or ever worked for that organization. What a putz. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we're back tomorrow with a 5.30 pregame, 6 o'clock puck drop in Buffalo, and then we'll talk to you after the game. Make sure on your way out, you please smash that like button for us and make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube page as well. Same deal on your podcast apps. Subscribe, follow, whatever, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thanks to Steven for getting the show put together on short notice. We appreciate that. Thanks to Pete Blackburn for joining the show. Make sure you follow him and What Chaos on all their socials and especially What Chaos on YouTube. Go there, hit subscribe for them. It would be very, very helpful to them and to our entire company. So go ahead and do that. And we'll talk to you tomorrow at 5.30 on the pregame show on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.